This thumbnail takes too long on YouTube. I'm still waiting for YouTube to there it did it. It took a terrible picture. Ah, that's the way it works. Okay. I was smiling the whole time. Hello, Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. We're on with you right now. We're going live with YouTube right now. I got some sort of glare going here. I'm trying to. Something coming through the window here is causing a little glare on our YouTube shot. Cheryl, push that uh, screen forward a little bit so that people have a nicer view on YouTube. There we go. That's nice. Now, I've got glare coming from this window. Okay. Well, you could. But um, you're not going to. All right. Hold on. I'm going to straighten this out myself. I'm going to mess everything up. All right, well, I'm sorry if on YouTube if you have a lousy picture. So uh, it will, it will improve it tomorrow, but there's nothing I can do about it right now is what I'm being told. So um, here we go. I'm going live on Facebook Live. Uh, there we are. Start live video, and it's coming up. <coughs> Any second now. There we are. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. On Facebook Live, we are live on YouTube at Comedy Schools channel, and we are live on Comedy Schools Radio Network My name is Tony Visick. Uh, a lot of you who will tune in today will begin tuning in shortly. Know that this is uh, something that we call we named this show "Living on a Thin Line." It is uh, taken from the title to a Dave Davies of the King Kinks uh, song, which is a very cool song. Uh, if I'd known what the trajectory of the show was going to be initially, I don't know if I would have named it that because that's kind of a dystopian song. And this show is your daily, uh, your daily distraction from uh, the world around you. Uh, some of you may be experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, which is uh, twice as much work to achieve the uh, same results you had gotten previously. So uh, the paperwork and the admin and all of that is just... Wow, you just saw that. You saw an actual sneeze. Okay, but uh, there's nobody here except us, and we're not sick. But uh, I did it the best I can. So <laughs> that's the first time I've sneezed in like four or five days. I was at the post office the other day. I had to go, and I almost had to sneeze. I go, man, if I sneeze, these people are going to pummel me. Um, I am safe, sane, and healthy. I hope you are too. Hello, Tim Lawson. Uh, I've got a good show for you today. Like I said, this is your daily distraction from everything that's going on, going on. Uh, we're starting to fall into a few different categories here in America. People who have nothing to do. Uh, people who uh, have too much to do. Okay, And then people uh, whose lives have not uh, markedly changed. So we're falling, beginning to fall in the um, too much or so much to do category, but we're grateful for it. Uh, I had a beginning workshop last night. Such a cool group of people in that beginning workshop. I had a young man from Los Angeles. I had a woman from Phoenix. And I had a kid who lives right next door across the street. So how cool is that? Advanced workshop tonight. I still got people calling in, calling in and asking uh, about doing uh, the beginning and advanced workshops. Uh, you can call me here. Uh, you can leave me a message here. Uh, you can't call me here. I mean, but if you have my number, you can call me. Uh, 818-571-5653. You can also reach us by email comedy schools at hotmail.com hello diane Howell. people are starting to pop up and pop along here um so um 
I don't know about you guys, but here's what's going on with me sleep-wise. Let's talk about that for a minute. I am sleeping some of the deepest sleep I've ever slept in my entire life, but I, then I wake up about every two hours. It's almost like my body's going, you're just taking a long afternoon nap. Uh, but deep, deep sleep for like two, two and a half hours, then wake up for a half hour, then two and a half hours. Um, so it's kind of amazing. And I think part of the reason it's such deep sleep is because of the quiet. It is, of course, markedly quieter in the world today than, uh, than it was before this started. The last time I remember sleeping this deep was in a New York hotel room. Years ago, I was at the Chelsea Hotel, the fabled, the legendary, the infamous, the notorious Chelsea Hotel in New York City. And um, I, had, I ended up in a not very good room. Uh, so the view was just of a brick wall. I've had some fabulous rooms at the uh, Chelsea, but this one was a, was a, I got a real cheap room and uh, I just wanted to be at the Chelsea. So um, it was just a view of the brick wall and I was kind of really sequestered off. So no sound coming in and I slept for like 14 hours. I was a little pissed off because I was in New York City and I slept for 14 hours and I was only there for about two and a half days. So I didn't want to spend my time asleep. Uh, my heart goes out to everyone in New York uh, all of you in New York, you are going through um, uh, the most unique situation in the United States with the highest number of uh, people with the virus and all living there in that highly dense, packed area uh, and, not, and not having any very few services to access and for the most, most part not going outside. It's a tough time, and my heart goes out to all of you. Hello, Manny Rosales. Hello, Todd Fisher. Uh, any word on when we can sit in Starbucks? I don't have that, Todd. I don't have that information. I've seen some crazy things right now. I see that in Georgia, the governor, one of the things he specifically opened up is tattoo parlors. Tattoo parlors. <laughs> I don't know. If I was the governor of a state and they're going, well, we got to get this economy going, go, well, you know what? I got an idea. We really want to get business going in this state. Oh, how about we open up the tattoo parlors? People like to get a tattoo. Um, <laughs> open it up, tattoo parlors. I was going to jumpstart the American economy right now, pal. Is where you can go down there and get some ink on you, get yourself you know, ink on your, get some stuff on your forehead, maybe. Say, I survived a corroded virus or something. You know, don't be afeard. Uh, at a White House press briefing, the uh, woman, Deborah, Deborah Bricks, I believe, uh, said they asked her if this was why. She goes, Yes, that they can practice social distancing. So I don't know if they're going to put like the, uh, uh, the tattoo uh, apparatus on like a long stick, like a, uh, a fishing pole. That's how you're going to get uh, social distancing in a tattoo parlor. You can take the tattoo uh, stick and put it on a fishing pole and just kind of whang like that over and over like you're fly fishing. <laughs> and in Missouri, my home state, which I still deeply love and have so many wonderful friends there, uh, the attorney general is suing China. I'll show you, I'll sue China, okay? And I guess that's a more wise use of money than uh, mass testing for the state or uh, um, our PPE equipment for your, your hospitals and your first responders. Let's blow money on something that is impossible to do, which is sue a sovereign state. <laughs> oh, man. It's getting crazy out there, so I'm told. I just don't go out there that much right now, nor should you. But I'm connected with more people than ever, as I hope you are too, through YouTube, through Facebook, through email, through ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We're, uh, we're able to connect with more people. Please stay connected with people. 
Don't go totally isolationist. It won't be good for you. If you can get out safely and take, take a walk, uh, if you can get out safely. I'm, by the way, I'm not giving advice. I'm just a guy uh, uh, yammering and stammering on Facebook Live. I'm not an expert on anything, nor is almost anyone giving advice nowadays, sadly enough. Um, but uh, get some exercise. Uh, if you've got a backyard, you want to get out in the sunshine, you definitely do. It'll be good for you. Of course, then you got to wear sunscreen. So you're Man, it's just tough. It's just tough. But uh, stay connected. Somebody asked me to go, what's your job? That's what they asked me. What's your job? I'm going to tell you what my job is right now. I'm going to tell you what your job is right now. Here's your job, okay? To take care of your people. You got people in your house. Your job is to take care of them. You got people that you're staying in touch with through social media. Your job is to take care of them. You take care of your people. You take care of yourself. And you take care of business. Your job is not to curl up in a ball. That is not your job. Be lashing out in angry ways. That is not your job. Your job, all of our jobs, is to take care of one another however we can. That's your job. That's my job. I got people. I'm taking care of people. Uh, Todd Fisher asked, did I hear the moron mayor from Las Vegas speak? Um, I have not heard the moron mayor from Las Vegas speak. I don't know what he said, Todd. I'm taken from your comment that it probably was something a wee bit moronic. So uh, if you want to tell us what he said, we would love to hear it. Uh, hello, Kelly Wilson. Uh, I now call that toilet. I now call the toilet gym. <laughs> All right. That can be taken so many ways, Kelly. I don't know if you're talking to your toilet or when you're sitting on the toilet now, you're doing uh, curls or stretches or something. If you're combining things, uh, Kevin Brown says, tattoos are what the Germans did just saying, don't do it. Yeah, I don't know if they open up tattoo. I've never had a tattoo. I meant they had an age and point in life where I still believe in no distinguishing marks. Uh, but uh, when I heard, well, one of the things you're going to do is uh, open up tattoo parlors. I mean, look, my heart goes out to the owners of tattoo parlors. They're small businesses. After you get into what product you're selling, whatever it is, you know, uh, you're selling candles, you're selling soap, you're selling tattoos, you're selling comedy. Uh, you're underneath that is the um, all the architecture of running a small business, and it hurts when there's no income. So uh, my heart goes out to owners of tattoo parlors. At the same time, <laughs> I don't know if that's like uh, I don't know if that's like my initial uh, uh, thrust into a, a normal world again. <laughs> uh, all right, okay. Uh, Todd Fisher said she's quite ignorant. Um, I will. Uh, um, oh, Kelly Wilson says I go to gym twice a day. Well, you know what? You're regular. You're a regular attendee of the gym, Kelly. Uh, and that, uh, for that, you can be proud. Manny Rosella says no tattoos on this soccer dad. Manny Rosella is a very funny guy. A uh, guy we've done a lot of work with in the past. He's on here right now. Manny Rosella no tattoos on the soccer dad. When I was a kid, the only people who got tattoos were uh, convicts and guys that were in the Navy. Those are the only people who got tattoos. If a girl got a tattoo, oh, you should know about her, man. Hey, did you hear about her? She's got a tattoo. <laughs> um, yes, non-distinguishing, no distinguishing remarks. Marks. I, I have a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot of disti non-distinguishing remarks, that's for sure. Let's get to the stuff. 
If you know how this show works, every day I show you some piece of memorabilia, an oddity, a knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog a bone that I have here in my very uh, office, which is uh, stuffed full of useful, useless stuff that I enjoy looking at very much. A lot of it I had just ignored over the years. It just piled up. Autographs and 8x10s and, and uh, little things. So I've been looking at old things in a new way, which is what you have to do. When your world becomes smaller, as many of, for many of us, our world has become smaller, you want to look at old things in a new way. That way you stay creative and vibrant and alive. That part of you that needs and desires stimulation can be just as easily stimulated by finding the things in your house that you've taken for granted and looking at looking them in a new way and thinking about them. Okay, hello, Don Shell. All right, so here's the first thing I'm going to show you. I'm proud of this too, by the way. All right, here we go. What is that? See, you see that? Anybody see that? Okay. Anybody see that? What is that? Well, it's a plaque. It's a plaque. I'm going to read it to you. It is, it is from a state I've never lived in, but I have uh, performed in a few times. This uh, plaque has nothing to do with any performance, but it says, Commonwealth of Kentucky. Stephen L. Bashir, governor, to all whom these present shall come, greetings, know ye that honorable Anthony Davisick is commissioned a Kentucky colonel. I hereby confer this honor with all the rights, privileges, and responsibilities thereunto appertaining. In testimony whereof, I have caused these letters to be made patent and the seal of the commonwealth to be heretofore affixed. Done at Frankfurt, the 28th day of August, in the year of our Lord, 2013, and in the 22nd, 222nd year of the commonwealth. And there we have the seal, and there we have the governor's signature, and the secretary of state. And what does that make me? That makes me, this makes me an honorary colonel in the Kentucky militia. And I can legally and with no derision be addressed as Colonel Anthony Visick. I am officially and legally Colonel Anthony Visick. I was sponsored into this. That's how you get sponsored in. That's how you get become a Kentucky colonel. Another Kentucky colonel that's to sponsor you in. Wonderful man in Detroit, Michigan, Kevin Roberts. Sponsored me in, and I am a, and I think it's just one of the coolest and funniest things I've ever done. I think I had a Kentucky Colonel hat. I got stuff. At one time, uh, Shirley and I were planning to go to the Kentucky Derby, where uh, there is a special uh, place uh, set off just for Kentucky Colonels. What is the what are the Kentucky Colonels? Now they're they're mainly a, a benevolent charitable organization. That's what they are. But it's a fun thing. Yes, Colonel Sanders was a Kentucky Colonel. So's Johnny Depp. So's a lot of very cool people. Uh, that's it. So Tim Lawson made the joke. There it was. Do you cook chicken now? Tim, I've always cooked chicken. I, you know, you, but you know what, Tim? You go ahead and eat your, chin, your dinner. You eat your pork and beans because uh, I've ate more chicken than most men ever seen. Who yeah? Name that song, Tim Lawson. Uh, Kevin Brown says you're a colonel. That's funny. That's right. I outrank you, Kevin Brown. I am a... Uh, Don Shell says colonel or colonel the second, the latter. With the C, okay? 
Go ahead, make fun if you want, but you guys aren't colonels and I am. I am, uh, uh, what's the secret recipe? Uh, for you, uh, DJ, it is a health, healthy, do, uh, a healthy dollop of rat turds. How does that sound? Colonel V, that's right. Show some respect out there in Facebook Live land when you're speaking to <laughs> a colonel. There are people in Phoenix that just refer to me as Colonel Visick. Well, Colonel Visick, how are you? Which I think is a, a little weird. All right, so I am an official. Uh, Tim Lawson says he raises chickens. Laura Molliver is watching, okay. Manny Rosella says, hey, Colonel, are your privates traveling with you? Um, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. That would be tough to uh, be headed in the field of battle and uh, realize that you are alone without your privates. Uh, DJ Payne says, Colonel Tone. Yeah, see, this is pretty cool. I, you know what I should make all you guys? If you want to ask me a question right now on Facebook Live, you have to address me as Colonel. <laughs> when I first got this in 2013, it was like Shirley goes, I'm not calling you Colonel. That's the silliest damn thing. Hello, Lauren. I was just explaining to Lauren, everybody, that I am a, uh, I've been commissioned in and I'm an honorary uh, Kentucky, I'm an honorary member of the uh, Kentucky militia. I am a Kentucky Colonel. And that seems to be um, something that people want to make fun of instead of respecting. And I don't know. I, you know what? I, I don't know what that's, I don't know what that's all about. You know, you, you don't show no respect for me. You, co you come in here on this, the day of my daughter's wedding. You know, the Godfather do this, Godfather do that. But you show me no respect. You don't call me Godfather. You don't call me Colonel. <laughs> All right. All right, it's enough. I'm a Colonel. I just thought I'd show that to you, okay? We're going to get to the uh, music portion. There we go. Tim Lawson says, salute. And a hearty salute to you there, Tim, back there in Missouri. All right, let's get to the music. Let's get to the fun stuff here. First off, kind of a fun, goofy album that captures a place in time, okay? Um, and you'll have a hard time finding any of the music on this album, all right? So this is, I'm going to show it to you first. There you go. And there you go. And, of course, that's exactly what it looks like. It's like a whole bunch of names. This is a triple album. And this album is called The First Great Rock Festivals of the 70s, Isle of Wight and Atlanta Pop Festival. This is a, hold on, I'm looking here. One, two. This is a three record set. And what it is, it's recordings from two giant rock festivals that took place after Woodstock. Uh, Woodstock in August of 69, which was a financial disaster for the backers. Most people couldn't hear the music. It was a big mud stump, but uh, the movie was just incredible, uh, and everybody wanted to be a part of something like that. Uh, gave birth to uh, the idea of the rock festival uh, throughout the uh, 70s, and the rock festival, the idea of rock festivals lasted about 1976, and I'll tell you what took their place in a moment, but it was where uh, promoters would um, rent out a large field out in the middle of nowhere string and electricity, hire a bunch of bands, and hundreds of thousands of young kids would then go and spend two or three days uh, in a, some sort of uh, drug-fueled uh, sexual bacchanal while listening to the best music of that era. Uh, by 1976, these things had become pretty problematic, especially they became problematic early with, of course, uh, uh, the Altamont Festival with the Rolling Stones where a, a young man was uh, murdered. But uh, they became problematic city-wise, sanitation-wise, uh, legally, 
And uh, by 1976, uh, the entire concept was moved into uh, baseball stadiums. Uh, there was, uh, uh, and Tim, I don't know if you remember this, and I was just looking at it the other day. I was talking about it on Facebook. But by 1976, something called Super Jam started in St. Louis, Missouri, and it was inside uh, Bush Stadium where you saw these great bands. A couple years before that, I went to a, uh, Sedalia, Missouri, 1974. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Berry's Farm in 74, 75, 76, Tim. All that stuff. Uh, by the uh, 70s, they'd moved in there, and by uh, the 80s, they had kind of moved out of baseball stadiums and into uh, big outdoor arenas, uh, the Us Festival in California, Coachella, Coachella which uh, many of you, uh, your kids might attend Coachella, is the, um, is the uh, great-grandson of Woodstock and of uh, Isla White and of the Atlanta Pop Festival. Uh, here is who's on this album, by the way, because these guys all played rock festivals. Jimi Hendrix, Johnny Winter, Sly and the Family Stone, 10 years after Miles Davis, Chris Christopherson, Mountain, the Allman Brothers, Poco, Procol Harum, Chamber Brothers, Cactus, Leonard Cohen, Leonard Cohen playing a giant rock festival. 100,000 people go, woo! Sit down, take your hand. Yeah! <laughs> David Bromberg. Okay. Uh, let's see what we got at the back here. All right. Uh, and on this album, we've got uh, Jimi Hendrix doing. Uh, Power of Love, Midnight Lighting, Foxy Lady. Um, J Johnny Winter doing Mean Mistreater. Sly and the Family Stone doing Stan. Ten years after doing I Can't Keep From Crying Sometime. Miles Davis at a giant rock festival. Uh, call it Anytime. Chris Christopherson at a giant rock festival. Blame It on the Stones, Pilgrim, Chapter 33. Mountain doing Starmy Monday. Are the Allman Brothers doing Whip and Post, of course. Uh, Poco doing Grand Junction, Kind Woman. Proco Harem doing Salty Dog. Chambers Brothers, Love, Peace, and Happiness. Cactus doing No Need to Worry, Parchment Farm. Leonard Cohen doing Tonight Will Be Fine. And David Bromberg doing Mr. Bojangles. Uh, and so I've listened to this album, and it's a, uh, a terrible recording. <laughs> it sounds bad in the production. But as far as something that captures a moment in time when hundreds of thousands would come together almost literally by word of mouth, okay, to celebrate the music, to celebrate the scene, to celebrate one another, uh, there's nothing like these uh, rock festival albums. And if you get a chance to, if you can, I don't know if it's on YouTube anywhere, but if you YouTube uh, Isla White or Atlanta Pop Festival, um, Let's see, the Atlanta Pop Festival uh, had um, well over 300,000 people. I'm trying to see how many people were at Isla White, but I know that it was, um, they were on an island someplace. Uh, 100,000 kids in dozens of groups, good rock, bad rock, highs, lows, yin, yang, and a little bit of everything rolled into one. So um, that was on an island in Europe where they did that. Isla White, Atlanta Pop Festival, See if you can uh, Google or YouTube them and uh, listen to some of the music there. Okay? Now, let's get to the second uh, album, which is kind of a rarity, uh, but it's, got, it's also a compilation, but it's a compilation of a whole bunch of people doing one man's music, and here it is. There you go. You see it on YouTube? There you go. You see it on Facebook Live? There you go. What are we looking at? We're looking at The Bard. 
We're looking at the man with without whom so much of the great rock music that you and I love would not exist. Possibly Bob Dylan would not exist. You were looking at a picture of Woody Guthrie. This is a tribute to Woody Guthrie. This is tribute part two. I don't know if I've got part one. And it's original performance of Woody Guthrie music by Joan Baez, Judy Collins, Jack Elliott, Richie Havens, Odetta, Arlo Guthrie, Country Joe McDonald, Tom Paxton, and Pete Seeger. There's a narration by Peter Fonda, Will Gear, and Robert Ryan. It's the words and music of Woody Guthrie from Carnegie Hall in 1968 and Hollywood Bowl in 1970. The songs and the singers, incredible. Uh, Judy Collins doing Roll on Columbia. Uh, Tom Paxton singing uh, Biggest Thing Man Has Ever Done. Uh, Richie Havens and Pete Seeger doing Jackhammer uh, John. Joan Baez singing Hobo's Lullaby, one of the prettiest songs you've ever heard. You want to YouTube that, definitely. Uh, Country Joe McDonald doing Woman at Home. Ju Judy Collins doing Deportee, one of the great, great, great immigration songs of all time. Beautiful. Odetta, YOY. Uh, Jack Elliott doing Howdy Do. Arla Guthrie doing Jesus Christ. Uh, and there's more. But uh, if you don't know Woody Guthrie, you knew him when you were a little kid because he wrote This Land is Your Land. This land is your land. This land is my land. Which at the time was derided by the political and economic establishment in America because it was considered a communist song. Because this land is your land. This land is my land. What's he saying? There's no private property? And there's even a stanza in This Land is Your Land that was taken out by the time we were kids singing it in school. It says, uh, as I was walking, I saw a sign that said, no trespassing. But on the other side, it said nothing. This land was made for you and me. When I was a little boy in school, when so many of you were younger and they were teaching you songs, they taught you This Land is Your Land, which had become a pseudo-patriotic Americana tune. And they took out that stanza because it was considered um, controversial. Just like in uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, when they said, uh, you know, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America uh, and to the Republic of which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible. Under God was added in the 1950s. I'm not saying it shouldn't be. But when people talk about it, they go, well, it says under God in the pledge. Uh, it was added in the 1950s by conservative politicians during the communist uh, uh, witch hunt movement. Um, the music of Woody Guthrie, you want to listen to. You know, uh, there's, other, there's other Woody Guthrie uh, tributes that you can find and listen to. They're fantastic. Shirley and I were able to do a wonderful thing many years ago where they were doing a 100th birthday party for Woody Guthrie. And they did it in New York and Los Angeles. And we got to attend it in Los Angeles where we saw Chris Christopherson, Jackson Brown, Ramblin' Jack Elliott. I can't even go all the names that we saw at LA Live right across the street from Staples Center. It was one of the cool uh, things of uh, uh, at the beginning of our relationship. Uh, after being flat broke after the recession of 2008, things had come back around. We had a couple of bucks, and I wanted to see this thing. I drove into Los Angeles. I rented a room downtown, a hotel, because I thought it would be cool. Because I never stay. You know, I always I'd been downtown Los Angeles years. I lived in LA for 30 years. Never had a hotel room down there. Got a funky hipster hotel room. Shirley flew in. Her plane was late. She went right from her plane to a cab, took a cab. I said, tell your cab to drop you off at L.A. Live. Drove her right downtown. She came in, and we saw one of the greatest concerts we've ever seen. Stayed, 
at this very cool hipster hotel that night. Got up the next morning, driving back to Phoenix. I owned a, uh, uh, I, I owned a Porsche Boxster S. And somewhere 50 miles before uh, Blythe, I blew up the engine. <laughs> and thank God I had AAA Platinum Premium, and they towed us all the way back to Scottsdale. So uh, we saw a tribute to Woody Guthrie. If you could find tribute to Woody Guthrie CDs, albums, or YouTube, it, you'll be glad to experience that. Okay, I've just rambled on and on about being a Kentucky colonel and about uh, uh, really kind of esoteric rock festivals that almost everyone's forgotten, including the people there because they were too stoned to know they were there, and about one of the great gifts uh, America's ever given the world, uh, the singer-songwriter Woody Guthrie. Uh, more announcements, more cool stuff for you tomorrow. This is your daily diversion. I think I've been pretty diverse and pretty diverting this afternoon. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, Facebook Live, YouTube, Comedy Schools channel, and of course you can listen to ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Go to our two great websites, ComedySchools.com and ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Find out about all the stuff we're up to, the shows you'll be able to attend via Zoom, workshops, and more. Okay, that's it, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, YouTubers. I speak I tonight you for the Bye-bye. dignity of man. And the death of the <laughs> <laughs>